Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Fields, I'm your host CJ Kaiser and we've got a great episode for you today. Since the new Fantastic Four movies in cinemas, we decided to do best superhero movie not based on a comic book. And we're recording live from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, we have four guests for you, it's going to be a great one so stay tuned. If you happen to be in the Edinburgh Festival, come check out my show Supervillain at 8pm at the City Cafe every day during the Fringe Fest. Or check out the Omama Battles at 11pm at the New Empire Bingo Hall, 11pm Saturday nights. That's enough for me, let's just get straight into the episode. Hi ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Film Feud Podcast. We're live at the Edinburgh Festival. Yay! There's literally three people here. Um... <laughs> So I'm Seizure Kaiser, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at IamSeizure or on Facebook under the same handle or you can follow the Film Feud Podcast on Film Feuds on Facebook or on Twitter at Film Feud Podcast. Now today's topic, we've got an interesting one. We've got Best Superhero Movie Not Based on a Comic Book and I have four brand new exciting guests that have never been on the podcast before and I just met this week and they seem very interesting guys and hopefully they are able to battle on this podcast. So we'll start on to my left, uh, we have James... Um, Sorry, what was the last name again? <laughs> Shakeshaft. Shakeshaft. Yeah, let me just write that down. James Shakeshaft, and what movie did just you pick? Just draw a picture. Um, I chose Chronicle. Chronicle. Tell us a little bit about that. Chronicle is quite a recent film uh, written by Max Landis, John Landis's son. Um, and it's about three high school kids who go into a cave where they find... I guess it's an alien spaceship, basically, isn't it? And there's some sort of vibration. They wake up, and then all of a sudden they're developing telekinetic powers. And that, that grows, and... Uh, spoiler in? Well, what? we can spoil that later throughout the questions. Just okay. a quick synopsis. Yeah, and how they deal with that shot in a very realistic way, and great. Cool. And uh, what's your Twitter account? Uh, at James Shakeshaft. At James Shakeshaft. Easy. All right, and next up we've got Rick. Rick Carenza. Carenza, yep. yep. And, uh, wow, like six years, that's the first person who's pronounced it correctly. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. Just, just Rick. Rick. Yeah, just keep, keep it simple. Yeah, that's it. All right. All right, and uh, Rick on with a silent P. That's, uh, that's on Twitter, where are you at? Uh, at R Carranza. R Carranza. See, I even picked the hardest part for people to spell. Uh, <laughs> with it, so. Cool, and what movie did you pick? Uh, I went for The Incredibles. Uh, which everyone's heard of The Incredibles. Come on, 2004, Brad Bird, written, directed, Pixar. It's one of it's one of the be- Pixar's best movies, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's about uh, a family of superheroes after superheroes have had to go into hiding and basically come out. It's brilliant. Awesome. All right, and next up we have Andrew Roper. Hello. Yes, awesome. I've got a tweet, but I don't really care if people want to tweet. Just tweet me at rickcarenza.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a Roper tweets if you a want to tweet. Tweets. Um, I chose Darkman, the Sam Raimi nineteen ninety superhero classic that I can tell you all saw because you're just looking at me blankly. No, that's all right. I'll tell you all about. It. It's one of the greatest non superhero superhero films of all time. It's about stars Liam Neeson. It's about Peyton Westlake, who was a he's a he's sort of a scientist and he's working on this special skin for burn victims and stuff. So of course he's in an explosion with mob bosses and he becomes this hero called Darkman and he can put special skin on his face and change his appearance and you know crime has a new enemy and justice has a new face oh yes trust me by the end you'll all be you'll be signed up for dark man <laughs> wait for the end I, basically you right before we came down here we were in the grass market we we're saying what's the bet on the last guest bringing out some sort of racism thing and i'm sorry i'm just going to call it your your movie is dark man a man who can change the color of his skin <laughs> <laughs> It's a fight crime. It's a fight. 
And that final voice you heard is James Nikisi. Uh, Nikisi or Nikisei? Nikisei. Nikisei. Ah. <laughs> That's good. Um, up at the show as well. All right. So uh, your Twitter account is? It's at James Nikisei. Easy. Yep. And uh, my my film is Dark City, which is um, the same director as The Crow. was the second film. And uh, a lot of people might think it might be a sci-fi, uh, more sci-fi film. But it's basically about a shot as a film noir. It starts off. And uh, this guy wakes up, he's got no memory of why he's in a room, and there's a dead body. And then slowly as the mystery um, unwinds, the sci-fi element comes in, and then the superhero element comes in when he realizes that he's actually been given the powers to save the entire dark city, which is in perpetual night. Uh, and it's very cool, kind of, I guess it's, it's kind of cult, because it didn't get all blockbuster and there wasn't a sequel. But a lot of people point to it as one of the uh, keystones for the Matrix trilogy in terms of uh, design and atmosphere, especially that first film. Cool. All right. So uh, we've got eight questions here. I'm going to jump into the audience, give you guys the mics. First question. Now, as I mentioned before, the uh, guests do not know what the questions are and make the best argument for it. First one, the most points at the end wins. Now, I'll start with question one. Which movie had the best action sequence? Anyone kick it off? Well, Chronicles got to be because it's the most recent. It's got it was it was shot um, in that sort of uh, faux documentary style, so the stuff looked really realistic. There's an amazing sequence which was in the trailer where the guy just using his telekinetic powers swipes some cars off the road behind him. That's that's pretty amazing. It's pretty good looking. They like chuck buses at each other and stuff at the end in a very realistic looking battle. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think uh, my film can really come up on this one. Dark City's a film was sci-fi based, like, accent. They have a massive battle at the end, which is also telekinetic based. Really, I'm going to say it's probably the Dark Man, maybe, or, but I think it's Incredibles. I'm backing someone else's film here. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, I mean, because, like, like, for Incredibles, man, it's got to be the, um, the sequence where, like, they, all of them sort of reveal their powers. Uh, like, you know, obviously the family's now been trapped on the island, and, like, the parents are, like, freaking out about the kids, and the kids suddenly reveal that they can, they, they can actually look after themselves. And actually, one of my favorite things that actually resulted from that massive action sequence, so you've got, like, uh, Mr. Incredible is, like, beating stuff up, and he, him and his wife, and Mrs. Incredible, suddenly fall back in love again while they're fighting, and the kids are sort of finding what they can do. And it's, I think it's Dash, the kid, the, he starts running. And he's uh, running away from one of the bad guys. He's about to run over. Uh, he's about to run on the water, and he can't, he can't do it. And he actually ends up running on the water. And that movie actually got banned from a lot of Bible states in America because of that one sequence. Because like you can't show him walking on water. That's what Jesus's power was. <laughs> but he's a. It's, they did cut the big five loaves, two fishes sequence. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, the tapas sequence. Uh, well, I have to say, look, we've all talked about action sequences, and The Incredibles is good, but gee. Fair bit of use of CGI in that movie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I like my stunts. I like my stunts old school, ladies and gentlemen. And Darkman, apart from the sequence in the construction site where his hand gets bolted to a steel girder, the best bit is when he is hanging from a helicopter, 80s movie style, with one foot in this loop, and they lower him down onto the highway, and he has to swing out of the way of cars and run on the top of a truck. It's just brilliant stuff. Meanwhile, there's a police helicopter being shot with a bazooka from another helicopter, which gets blown up. Darkman gets on top of this truck, hooks the cable onto the back of the truck as it goes into a tunnel, and turns around and says, Ha ha! Go to hell! And the helicopter goes, Crash! And they all blow up. And that was done for real. That was done for real. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys, if you want to make uh, you know, poke holes in each other's arguments at this point, or are you guys happy to go to votes? Well, I feel, I, think we're should f- stick up, I feel we should stick up for Dark City quickly. Like, they do... <laughs> I, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not really an action sequence I'd call it, but the uh, the idea is that the telepathic powers that they end up having are linked to also the power to control the city. So there are parts where they are manipulating the city itself um, against each other, uh, which uh, I don't know if it counts as an action sequence. It is very, very cool. Um, but uh, <clears throat> Okay, so we know who's out already. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so the vote. Uh, we'll go to the audience on this. Uh, who do you think and who, who do we lean towards? Dark City, Dark Man... Chronicle or The Incredibles? Chronicle. Incredibles. Incredibles. Incredibles? Yeah. Incredibles? And it looks like Incredibles wins that Thank point. You. All right. Yeah. Rick gets the point and he's on the to scoreboard. To be fair, I actually really like that sequence in Chronicles. <laughs> 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 it's a great sequence. <laughs> All right, question two. Um, which movie had the best, well, no, the coolest lead? Well, I think Dark City had Rufus Sewell before anyone knew who he almost was. And uh, do you guys know who Rufus Sewell is? No, see, there was that. just shook their head. There was a brief, (laughs) brief window in time and space when he was the next big British actor. Uh, And then it turned out he was more kind of like slight, annoying Alan Rickman. But um, he's, he's... yeah, he's kind of cool because he isn't unknown, and that sort of adds to the film noir attitude of the whole show. Like, who is this guy? Who is, uh, and, and what is he? And he's got awesome chops as well. So you're saying it's a film from before Rufus Sewell was famous? So that's <laughs> any Rufus Sewell film. <laughs> yes, that is a very strong point you've made there, sir. <laughs> Uh, well, there's three leads uh, in Chronicle. One of them went on to be the Green Goblin. Another one went on to become the Human Torch. And another guy is uh, an Australian actor. <laughs> 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 so what you're saying is that your cast are responsible for the death of two movie franchises. <laughs> and the director uh, and potentially the writer is coming up. Uh, yes. So yes. <laughs> um, look... Uh, this is this is gimme. This Liam Neeson is the star of Darkman. Liam Neeson before he was uh, Schindler, before he was Batman's teacher, before he was Qui Gon Jinn. Liam Neeson before he was talking to people on the phone saying, "I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I'm coming to fuck you up." That was Liam Neeson. He went on to be the baddest man in action and comic books and sci-fi, everything. And according to uh, some autobiographies, the biggest dick in Hollywood. Like he actually has the biggest dick in Hollywood. Not that he is the biggest dick in Hollywood. He's the new Errol Flynn. Apparently, yes. Not that that's, I've gone, it's all gone weird now. Yeah. But apparently that's, that's the case. So I'm just saying, so far we've had people who ruin franchises, someone no one's heard of, and cartoons. It has to be Liam Neeson. Oh, Rick hasn't made his point I yet, though. Point yet. I, I just want to rebut Darkman because that is what is responsible for Liam Neeson thinking he can become an action hero and doing films like Taken, the plain one, Up All Night, <laughs> doing the thing, running yeah, at the man. But he did. He made shitloads of them. He's Walking done through great a graveyard. Stuff. No, you can't take He away. hasn't done a heap of great stuff. He's done a heap of stuff. He taught Batman. He taught Batman. What more credit? How much comic book cred do you need than That's, that? Yeah, fair enough. Liam Neeson just become the world's disgruntled dad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are. I'm very annoyed. It's <laughs> um, the plot to all his films of the last decade. I don't know where you are because I'm using Apple Maps. Uh, <laughs> 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 there you go. Um, right, okay, Incredibles. Uh, Craig T. Nelson was Mr. Incredible. Holly Hunter was uh, Mrs. Incredible. Uh, but it's time to mic drop Samuel L. Jackson. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. That's all you need. Frozone. Frozone. I'm not going to actually mic drop because that would uh, feedback and yeah. And but that's like saying R2D2 was the lead of Star Wars. Well, he was. Frozone's. <laughs> <laughs> he's only in it for five minutes. He's not the lead. I'm sorry. You can't claim that. I'm, I'm pointing point of order. 
Got a vote? I reckon vote for the underdog in this scenario. The very, very, very underdog. Vote so, for old, what's his name? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, the guy All right, so audience, uh, Chronicle, cheer for Chronicle. Hey. One guy. Hey. All right, uh, cheer for uh, Darkman. Yay. Cheer for uh, Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> and cheer for Dark City. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow! You've still got it, Rufus. You've still got I'm it. I'm looking forward to his, bol- his blockbuster next. When? All right. I'm starting to question the audience at yeah. this point. Don't worry. The audience can lose points themselves. All right. So, uh, question three. Anyone can jump in here. Which movie had the best sidekick slash character? Well... Darkman doesn't really have a sidekick. I mean, the only character you could go is the villain, Durant, who was the guy who was Benny on L.A. Law. Did any of you watch L.A. Law? No? All too young for this? Wasting my time, aren't I? He plays the slightly simple guy on L.A. Law, but in this he plays totally against character. He's the evil mafia boss who kills people by chopping off their fingers, literally. But he wasn't a sidekick. He was the villain, so maybe he was the villain. But no, Darkman does not need a sidekick. He's just so dark on his own, he wins everything. Dark Man and Shadow Boy, I guess. <laughs> doesn't he have Bruce Campbell at the end? Because doesn't he become Bruce Campbell? Well, I was going to pull the Bruce Campbell card, but who knows? Bruce Campbell is in it at the end, because Bruce Campbell's in all Sam Raimi's movies, because yeah. Sam Raimi wanted to make Spider-Man. You've all heard of Spider-Man? No, nah, you won't cheer for that. Screw you. Um, <laughs> yes, Bruce Campbell's in at the end, because Dark Man can change his face into anybody. And at the end of the movie, he leaves his, his partner, his wife, because he's too psychologically screwed up by being Dark Man. And he walks off and he goes, I could be anybody. And the last shot is this crowd and Bruce Campbell turns around. And you're meant to assume that Bruce Campbell is Darkman. So if you want to say he turns into Bruce Campbell, sure, I'll take that. As long as you know who Bruce Campbell is. If All right, you then. Don't, you've got, yeah, come on, guys. Why are you here? Why, why are you here? No, I, but The Incredibles has got an entire cast of uh, superheroes that you could count as sidekicks. Um, obviously, the, the family themselves, like all of them, you know, it's, they represent everything. Basically, as, as we've uh, Andrew Roper I talked about the other day uh, f- if you want to make a good and fantastic four movie just watch The Incredibles that's that's basically it but like, if you want to talk about sidekicks I mean obviously Samuel L. Jackson as Frozone has brilliant sequences throughout the movie um, but for me it's um, Edna Mode the one who designs the costumes for all she's brilliant and it's just like I want to have this costume maybe with a cape no capes it's just perfect you know she's, she is a sidekick she doesn't have any powers herself apart from making people look good yeah, but, you know, the whole only black guy in the film is a sidekick thing. I mean, <laughs> that's all. There is, there is. There's the race card that was playing. Talking about your sidekick. It's like, he's got ice powers. He's the coolest dude. He lives in a po- Should be the hero. I think in any other film, if a dude like had an awesome girlfriend or wife, lived in a like mainstream apartment in town, and their power was surfing around on ice, they'd be the hero, but not the incredible. I don't know. Have you, have you actually ever watched uh, the X-Men and... Iceman's not the hero in those. Well, Iceman's not really in the <laughs> films. Yeah. Really so how many dark characters are black characters are there in Dark City? None! There you go! <laughs> well, that's a spoiler alert. It's Perpetual Night. And yep. like, it has to do with pigmentation effects. Most racist <laughs> film. Most racist film ever. I, I'm, you know, I, my dad's black and I work at night. That's why I'm light beige. That's uh, a... <laughs> My brothers are like dark olive, but you know, nighttime affects it. Um, whoo, really dug myself into a hole there. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, Dark City, the sidekick is Kiefer Sutherland. 
um, who plays the uh, mad scientist responsible for um, uh, giving Rufus Sewell's character uh, his powers. He's working uh, for the guys who are the shadowy uh, people in charge of the city, and he uh, uses his scientific skill uh, to uh, give uh, him his powers. And you know what? That's kind of cool. That is, this is Rufus Sewell before Jack Bauer, but you could still play, you know, if Liam Neeson is like the baddest dad on the planet in film, then Kiefer Sutherland's probably the baddest older brother <laughs> in film. Chronicle. I, I guess in Chronicle, because it seems they're like a triptych, so they're kind of equal, but the way it pans out, you end up with kind of a, a main villain, a, a main hero, and the sidekick who dies during it. So it's the Human Torch is the sidekick in this film. Black guy dies first too. Yeah, I, yeah. Did, I didn't oh, want yeah. to go yeah, on really too much. <laughs> Have you got a whole deck of race cards? I do actually. <laughs> it's actually it's like... Fifty-two cards representing every color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess I'm going to go to vote on this one. Uh, audience, uh, which one to shout out? Incredibles are the other ones actually have psychics. Yeah, yeah. Incredibles? Yep, Incredibles. It looks like Incredibles gets another point. All right, Rick's on two, James is on one, the other James is on nothing, and Ange is on nothing. So let's try to get some points here. All right. Question four. Which one had the most original look to a film? Original look? Yep. Um, all right, Darkman's a lot more original than you'd imagine. I've got to explain a bit about Darkman and what he is as a character. Like, he gets his face all burned off, so his teeth are showing, like, like Two-Face in Batman. And they sever his spinal cord so he can't feel pain because he's got burns over all his body. Wait for it. Um, so he talks like this, and his mouth and his teeth are visible through like, the whole thing. And there's a scene in it where, you know, he goes, he, his emotions are uh, amplified because he's cut off from any sensory feeling. He can't feel pain. So his emotions amplify. So whenever anyone upsets him or calls him a freak, he like literally lightning bolts come out of his head and it looks very comic book and cartoony and the scene cracks and he goes mental. There's a scene where he's at a, um, a carnival with his girlfriend and he's trying to win this pink elephant and the guy won't let him win the pink elephant. So he goes, and lightning bolts come out of his head and it goes, the screen goes, it was very Sam Raimi. And he says, give me, give me the elephant. And he punches the guy and breaks the guy's finger snaps his hand, gets the elephant, turns around to his wife, who's now terrified, and says, Take the fucking elephant! Take it! Take it! Take it! Ah! And visually, it's just fantastic, because it steps outside of a normal film. Like, it actually, it has comic book elements in it. So I'd say that bit of originality in Dark Man pretty well, you know, above everything else, which has good special effects, but is, you know, still straightforward. But I think Chronicle was so innovative about it, whilst the, the sort of visual look of a, a documentary type film has been done and found footage films have been done to death but a found footage superhero film is what sets it apart and it's you get to see what it would actually look like if there were people flying around ch chucking buses and stuff at each other and you would still be filming i mean they do make one mistake because everything's filmed framed quite nicely uh in landscape whereas as we know from the internet if anyone films anything nowadays, they fucking film it in portrait. They're <laughs> fucking idiots. I reckon with Ducks, it's a bit difficult because it's the same director as The Crow. So visually, he's got um, a lot of similar style, especially with the cityscapes uh, to that particular movie. But in terms of originality, I mean, it, it is an uh, original concept. And I guess this is the massive spoiler. The city's in space. And it's a, a self-contained uh, city floating in space. Uh, when the, that's the reason it's at Perpetual Night. So when he gets his telekinetic powers, he also links up to the machine that controls the whole environment. And I guess that's a really massive concept and a cool spoiler that we hadn't really seen 
um, around that time. I mean, this was kind of in the mid-90s when a lot of the um, sci-fi films were going uh, back into space and a lot of the uh, superhero films were getting really dark and gritty. Yeah, that Captain America 90s uh, movie was really dark and gritty, wasn't well, it? See, now you're counting that as a movie still. <laughs> that, is a hor- that is like a bad DVD before bad DVDs existed. That was awful. Um, the Incredibles was actually Pixar. Right. So up until The Incredibles, Pixar's movies had been like a Bug's Life, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., stuff like that. They didn't actually, uh, like the humans were in these movies, but they weren't very heavily featured because they couldn't really actually get a decent look for humans. And then they actually nailed it for The Incredibles. Like this is how we can make humans look for, uh, good through uh, computer animation. Um, but they actually went for like that sort of, uh, sort of 60s. They, you never quite know what era... Uh, the Incredibles is actually set in. They sort of stylize it where you've got sort of like the old school tech uh, and the old school look, but like sort of the modern stories and the modern sort of thing going for it. And it's quite—I I think it's quite cool personally. But you know, yeah, but they don't look like humans. It's like the Simpsons as superheroes. They don't look. They still—it's a—it's a, it's a glorified cartoon. It's a good cartoon, but it's just a big cartoon. You can't say, oh, they had re- realistic uh, humans in it. They weren't realistic. <laughs> <laughs> They look a bit like wait, wait, wait. Have, you, have you actually seen Andy from Toy Story? That is the most freakiest thing. If you watch it back, by the way. Yes. And Sid. Oh my. That is very true. Yeah, that is so very yeah, true. If you look at the yep. evolution from like 96 to 2004, fuck you. That's uh, true. <laughs> but that was Toy Story. This is incredible. So you can't, it's a cartoon. They gave up and went, fuck it, we'll make a cartoon. But for a superhero film, I don't think a cartoon is particularly innovative. And I don't think a comic book looking thing with drawing on uh, special effects is that look like a comic book. I don't think that's very innovative for a comic book. Yeah. I know, but you yourself said, Chronicle, oh yeah, that's all been done to death. So to have the word innovative and done to death in the same sentence, it's fine. But in a, in a, innovative in a superhero film, like if it were, yeah, sure, if it was just, you know. So the same shit that everyone else has done, office. we just put superheroes in it. Troll Hunter is better than Chronicle as far as... Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> As far as putting special effects in a found footage film... Tom yeah, yeah. There. And obviously, um, uh, what's the one? The New York one? The Godson... Cloverfield. Cloverfield, yeah. 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 There's two that did it. Yeah, but this... <laughs> did he do it? For, no, did uh, it? No, but it's superheroes. It's comic with superheroes. First time that well, was I mean, done. The question's about innovative, right? Yeah. Yeah, what's innovative? So you've got uh, the Fantastic Four done right and Akira me- uh, meets the Blair Witch Project. Um, and then you've got uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson's face get shown off. This is pretty close. But like city experiments uh, in space uh, where a person controls the city as part of the like, major superpower. I don't know. I, think, I thought that was pretty innovative. That's what made it stick out in my brain. Was that, you know, but if you're, li- if you're saying the derivative thing about Chronicle, film noir, that's... That's a genre as, as yeah, much as genre as Yeah, but I'm comparing yours footage. to actual films, not like to... Like. Well, okay, it's... Um, what? Uh, the Third Man meets the Wheelers from Return to Oz, basically. Okay, okay. The, but, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't go that far. I'd say, like... I mean, Akira is kind of a superhero film. Like, yeah. the, the tale of the uh, experiment, like, and the telekinetic going out of control and the clashes with that. All right, and before everyone else falls asleep, let's uh, get the votes. <laughs> um... All right, uh, what do you guys think? Shout out. Dark City. 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 Dark City.
audience arguing with each other. It's just built to drink. That's how t- intense it gets at film feuds. All right. Um, I'm going to open up to the audience. If the audience have a question, that has to be brought to the entire panel. Does anyone have one? No. Okay. So I'll go to question five. <laughs> All right, you want to think about it? I'll give him a question, then we'll come back? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, that part can be edited out. Um, which one is most likely to be made into a comic book? Most likely to be made into a comic book. Well, Darkman's been made into a comic book. I mean... Darkman... Darkman's... Okay. Incredibles, Disney merchandising, job done. Yeah. <laughs> well, well... Well, for a start, of all the movies up here, um, uh, which one has a sequel? Incredibles 2, announced this year, coming out next, in 2017, I believe. Darkman 2 and Darkman 3 both come out. There's been three of them already. Bang, bang, bang. We didn't and wait no one years. knew about them. No one knew about them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. This is, was, who, who's, who's seen the first Darkman? I have. Yeah, see, they all knew. You're just not cool. Um, <laughs> Plus, it was 1990. This was back in the 1990s when Captain America was crap. This was when, you know, Darkman was a new thing. But as far as a comic book, yeah, there's been Darkman comic books. Darkman's a, char- Darkman's a very comic book, original comic book character in that. The Incredibles are so ripped off the Fantastic Four, it's embarrassing. Whereas, don't screw your face up at me. The Incredibles <laughs> is the Fantastic Four. Even Mole Man comes up at the end. <laughs> whereas, whereas Darkman's sort of a mesh of, like, the shadow and... And a bit of Batman, a bit of everything. So he, he fits straight away into being a comic book character. He's just made for a comic book. He's made from comic books. He's got, he's got the Hulk's rage. He's got the uh, sort of change in face thing of Clayface from the Batmans. He's got, they wanted, it was Sam Raimi wanted to do Batman, basically, wasn't it? He'd been turned down for the Batman role. And he couldn't get the rights to the Shadow. And ended up getting Spider-Man, yeah, after inventing Darkman, I suppose. But it's, yeah... Uh, what was the question? <laughs> well, which one's most likely to be made into a comic book? Yeah, Chronicle wouldn't be a very good one. They ain't got costumes or anything. It'd be, it would just be photo, like Deirdre's casebook or something. Dark City is a very self-contained film. Like, he wins at the end, the lights walk to the city. It's kind of a, a, more of a fairy tale in that sense. So I think it'd be kind of the continuing adventures of the city floating through space would be kind of boring. <laughs> like, and then the afternoon city, it's not as cool. <laughs> morning city yeah. uh, George Romero did alright well, you could have da- yeah D- Dawn of the City Dawn Day of the, of the city. city Land of the City Rise of the Planet of the City yeah <laughs> you could do a found footage one found Diary of the City, city. Oh, turns out we've been in Dark City eventually just reboot it all uh, yeah. yeah but yeah well, could you like make uh, other stories within the Dark City like Sin City did I reckon so. I yeah. mean, you could have chron- you could have chronicles within Dark City. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, I don't know. In terms of, I guess you, yeah, it's the kind of film where you don't immediately ju- jumps out at you as going, oh, I could make this into a comic book. But you're right. Like it's the kind of place more like short stories in that that could transfer um, transfer to comic book form. Okay, it's a good universe. It's a good universe. That is correct, sir. I do I do like that about it. It's a very tightly built world. All right, audience, shout it out. Oh, Dark City or Darkman? Darkman. Darkman? Incredibles. Incredibles? Darkman. Darkman wins. Andrew's on two. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we had a question in the back. Which one gives the most aspirational superhero vision? Which one gives the most aspirational superhero vision? The Chronic. 
Definitely, <laughs> as I like to call it. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it shows, but by having the three characters all get superheroes at the same time and develop them at the same time, it shows what you can be, what, what good you can do with it, how sometimes absolute power corrupts absolutely uh, for the, the baddie, the, the Green Goblin guy, I forgot his name right now. Um, he has, you know, he's got terrible things going on and he tries to do good. But he kind of does bad because he's like he robs money to pay for his mum's cancer treatment and stuff. So he's kind of using his powers for good, but also in an evil way. And then he eventually becomes twisted and and villainous. But the main guy, um, Max, I think uh, he he ultimately realizes he needs to train to become a Buddhist monk. And the last scene of the film is him flying off to Tibet and going off to a monast- monastery to learn true goodness. So I think Chronic wins it. Chronicle wins it uh, hands down. Right, so uh, cool. That's fine. That's that's good for you. Uh, the Incredibles is about right. So the Incredibles starts off with superheroes are all over the world and they're doing as good as they can, and eventually litigation stops them, and they and they all have to go into hiding. Right, and the actual story about if you actually look at the, the Incredibles, it's about what there's one man who's so you've got Mister Incredible who's basically going for a midlife crisis. He doesn't know he's got all these powers. He wants to get better. Uh, he wants to use them, and it's about him finding a way that he can use them. It's about his family sort of working together, finding out how they can work together. It's about his kids who don't, they, they, they have to try and hide their powers and try and hide who they are, who they actually are. Dash is not allowed to compete in sports. Uh, Violet, uh, can't, she, she wants to, she's not seen, she's not popular or anything like that, but eventually by the end of the movie, they've actually, they've accepted their powers, accepted who they are, and actually the world then comes to accept superheroes back into it, especially when they realize that dickheads are always going to exist like syndrome so um, yeah if you want to talk about aspirational it's it's fat you know yeah yeah they eventually at the end of the incredibles they let superheroes back into the world for no apparent reason just because it suits the end of the movie but dark man i will say this <laughs> dark man i'll say this as far as an aspirational character he's a very angry man all right he's very unhappy his whole face has been burned off his life's been ruined his emotions are cranked up to a thousand um, so I'm not going to claim that Darkman is Superman, is a great nice guy of all time. He's not. There's a scene at the end, he gets back, gets revenge on all the people that did this to him and his wife, and he, there's a scene at the end where he is holding this mob boss, Colin Fields, off the edge of a, a construction site, right up high, hanging by, by the leg, and the guy's going to him, you can't kill me, you can't, it's not you, you couldn't live with yourself if you did this, and he's laughing at him, and Darkman just goes, I'm learning to live with a lot of things. <laughs> Bang! This lets him die. So I'm not going to claim he's a good guy, but if you're going to go for your dark sort of hero, you're going to go for your Batman Wolverine type, you're going to go for your people that need but justice. not even Batman kills people, so... Well, he should. He should. Well, I'm not well, going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. That's a little bit ambiguous, Mr. Dark Knight. See, now, the Dark City, this is what I like about the ending, is that the guy ends up, he's gone through this whole dark environment, and the message of that film is it's his love for his wife, which, like, keeps him human and helps him maintain his humanness, and that's what helps him defeat all of the massive, shadowy corporate figures with uh, aliens uh, in the end is his own humanness and what that represents, and that's how he's able to bring light to the city. It's a very cheesy but very strong metaphor. So when you're talking about aspiration, I think it's that no matter how much power uh, uh, we gain, uh, we can still maintain that human part of us, which makes us want to and enjoy interacting with each other. I think that's the deep personal message of uh, Dark City. That was so wanky. It was. <laughs> I think what we're saying there is if you watch Dark City, it's so mental you can make up any shit you want. 
and claim that that's what happened. All right, we're gonna go to vote because we're running out of time. Uh, which one, guys? Scream it out. Dark City. Well, I'm. I haven't voted yet. I'm gonna go with Chronicle. I think you had the best one, best argument there. All right, you're finally on the scoreboard. He kills his brother. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Do we have another one from the audience? Cousins. Another audience question. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, done. <laughs> All right, got two quick questions, and we at the end, we'll go with question seven. Coolest scene. Which movie had the coolest scene? Uh, well, you know, for Darkman, the coolest scene was the pink elephant at the carnival, where he says, take the fucking elephant. <laughs> I've done that. Um, coolest scene. Okay, one of the things he can do with the skin that he makes is a bit like Mission Impossible. He can put the skin on someone else and make you look like someone else. So there's a scene where they all come to the warehouse where he lives and they're all trying to kill him and one of the bad guys is there with a machine gun and this dude comes out and it looks exactly like one of the other bad guys. So he knocks him down and then he pulls the face off and then he sees Liam Neeson's face underneath and he panics and he shoots him with a machine gun and blood goes everywhere. And then he pulls that face off. There's another face underneath. It's another henchman underneath with his mouth gagged. Then Liam Neeson walks on with a face on, looking exactly the same as the guy who's holding the machine gun. So he's now looking at himself, and Liam Neeson goes, you've been a very bad boy, and punches the shit out of him. So he's getting beaten up by himself and killed by Darkman. That's how Darkman fucks with your head. I think we've just found the origin of the plot to John Woo's face-off. Yeah. <laughs> Darkman inspired everything. Uh, the way that the bad guys uh, manipulates the populace in Dark City is by implanting uh, false memories. Uh, and that leads to sort of the film wire aspect of the film. Uh, now, uh, the lead guy, John, he gets uh, captured uh, at one point and they're going to wipe his memory so he forgets that he has the power to manipulate the city and change things. But Kiefer Sutherland's character, who's been working with them, uh, he implants uh, the same memories, John's original memories, but puts himself into the memories. So there's this really cool scene where it's going through all of uh, his old memories, like being a kid and being taught, and the teacher turns around and boom, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Or like he's watching a fireman come out of a house and save a kid and boom, it's Kiefer Sutherland. And, so, and he teaches him how to manipulate the city through that. And then um, it comes straight back to Rufus Sewell and he spins the machine that's holding him around and uh, starts controlling the city straight away and it's totally badass and they end up flying through the city, throwing buildings at each other. It's pretty cool. I'm going to go, it's the final scene of The Incredibles. Uh, so they've, de- they've defeated the robot um, and they're getting congratulated and they suddenly get the phone call from the babysitter. The babysitter says, thank you for sending over the, uh, the help. And it turns out the help was actually Syndrome. Uh, and Syndrome tries to kidnap the little baby that everyone has forgotten about conveniently for the entire movie. Right? So he tries to kidnap the, the baby. He's going to um, corrupt the baby and turn the baby against the family. And he's, he flies up to it. Like, he's frozen the family. He's flying up to his jet. It turns out then that the, um, the baby actually has powers of its own, which basically every power. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and Syndrome can't actually take the baby up there. And at one point, the, the baby's falling. Uh, Syndrome's flying up to the plane. Um, and they all work together to try and save the baby and defeat Syndrome. So Mr. Incredible throws Mrs. Incredible up to catch their baby. Uh, she turns herself into a parachute. While Syndrome's sort of cackling, saying, I'm going to get your son. I'll get him one day. Mr. Incredible throws a car at him. <laughs> That's the solution. It hits him. Um, and he actually then this is the best because this is my favorite callback for the entire movie he gets sucked into the plane engine because of his cape <laughs> no capes <laughs> this is why you have no capes um, 
And then, and then as, as the, the plane crashes and everything gets wiped out, but uh, they're saved because Violet, the daughter, has actually managed to create a, a bubble that's protected them all. And all that's left is them in this bubble. Their house has been destroyed. Pretty much a lot of stuff's been destroyed. And the little kid from earlier in the movie going, that was the coolest! So there you go. That is the coolest scene. Uh, for Chronicle, there's the, there's the bit where um, Andrew, who he's the guy, he's got the terrible home life and he's got really bad social skills and they're and then he he uses his powers to do like a like the telekinetic powers to do like a magic show uh in the in the school and everyone loves him and he goes to a party and he's like toast of the town he gets a bit drunk gets and he meets a girl and he goes upstairs with the girl and then he pukes on her and uh for me it's just the realism in these films. <laughs> <laughs> Flashbacks. Yeah. All right, let's put it to vote. Shout it out. I think Dark City gets a point on that one. And uh, it's final point. Unfortunately, uh, James, uh, you're out. Uh, Chronicle has not made it. What? You're gone, unfortunately. <laughs> well, give him a round of applause. Thank you for coming on. Find him on Twitter at James Shakeshaft. Uh, we'll put all your details on there. Thanks for coming down. All right. Now, final question. You're all even, so whoever gets this wins. Now, because your movie, Andrew, already has two sequels, we have to disregard them. Okay. All right. Pitch your perfect sequel. Because, let's face it, the other two weren't that good. Well, imagine for yourself. You've got to imagine the sequel. You've got to imagine, okay, who was in this movie? All right, well, so Liam Neeson went on to train Batman and be a Jedi. Okay, that's good. Sam Raimi went on using Darkman to make Spider-Man 1 and 2 until he lost it a bit with the third one. All right, so personally, if I look at the other two, Dark City's never going to get a sequel because it was too fucking confusing. And The Matrix was a sequel to Dark City and was better. And so, you know, got improved upon and left in the dust. Incredibles, you can't forgive for ripping off the Fantastic Four so blatantly it's sickening, right? Whereas Darkman is a perfect character for a sequel because at the end of the movie he walks off into the crowd, leaves his wife and goes off to be Darkman. So you can have any number of adventures. He is now legitimately a superhero. It's an origin story. None of these others are origin stories. He goes out there, perfect sequel, Darkman taking on every bit of crime in the entire city, getting angry, winning lots of purple elephants. At the end, a giant purple elephant, Liam Neeson, we all win. Even if I don't win, go and see Darkman, for God's sake, people. You'll love it. Okay, first of all, The Matrix is not a better film than Darkman. Matrix uh, sucks, uh, sorry, than uh, Dark City. Matrix sucks compared to Dark City because it's just a rip-off with extra kung fu. And they don't even use kung fu properly. They use it just to punch people. They don't use the philosophies behind it. Uh, and the other two films barely exist as films. Uh, Dark City's perfect sequel is, if aliens are in control of the city, obviously there must be more life out in space. That life encounters the city, uh, causing new problems. It essentially becomes dark Star Trek. Uh, going through the city with a dude, the captain, he can control the entire city, he can control the direction it goes, and uh, in the sequel, they travel through maybe even finding and helping to liberate more cities, and it becomes dark empire. Uh, or uh, Dark Super City. Um, dark London. We don't know. Maybe the cities go to war with each other and it's Lord of the Dark Cities. Um, maybe one city to rule them all. Um, 
But so the if, it's like a, if it's like Star Trek, then only the even number ones will be good. <laughs> All I know is that Benedict Cumberbatch will be in charge of the next city. Okay, uh, The Incredibles. Uh, ideal sequel to The Incredibles. Okay, it's 11 years since the, uh, the events of The Last Incredibles. Uh, Syndrome had done a lot, of, like Syndrome's dead now, but he's done a lot of work on robotics. Now what's happened is those robotics have become, those robots have become sentient, and they've actually used that technology uh, in other parts of life, and in those parts, they're actually in the toys, in the cars, and so on and so forth, and then slowly, these sentient beings are going to go, hey, hang on a second, humans should not be looking after us, and eventually what happens is the cars take over the world, and then suddenly there's an entire world with nothing but cars. Wait, sorry, wait, I'm, I'm, not, yeah, I'm actually trying to do the Pixar theory here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, uh, it's all about... The, 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 the great thing about The Incredibles was um, it was a fam- you know, it was a family-friendly film, but it was all about families uh, sort of coming together and working together and stuff like that. And what I would like to see in... Um, in a sequel is again something. It's eleven years since the last sort of Incredibles movie. Uh, the family's going to have grown up. You know, uh, Violet and Dash are going to be. They're going to be young adults now. They maybe even have their own families and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Mister and Mister Incredible again. They might be retired again. So what would be quite an interesting dynamic is seeing sort of the the retiring um, the kids trying to teach their kids um, and coming up against sort of more uh, villains or sort of like that. Yeah. All right, so you guys made your perfect pitch. All right, uh, audience, who do you, which pitch did you like the most? Dark City. Dark City? Dark City? Dark Man. Oh, three Dark Mans, two Dark Cities. Incredibles is out, so uh, give Rick Carenza a round of applause. Follow him on Twitter at Rick Carenza. Okay, so I guess I got the deciding vote. Uh, One line each. Let's go. Give me the tagline to the movie. To the sequel? Yeah. Darkness is spreading. <laughs> Dark Man 2. Don't vote for James. He just plays the race card. <laughs> Dark Man 2. Justice still has a new face and he's pissed off. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to give it to you both. You guys win. Hey! Like James Casey at James Casey on Twitter and Andrew Roper at Andrew Tweets. Uh, no, A Roper tweets. Yep, cool. And uh, I am Seizure. Guys, you can follow me at I am Seizure or on Facebook on the same account, or you can follow the Film Feud podcast at Film Feud Podcast or on Twitter at uh, or on Facebook at Film Feuds. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, we got a special episode of Film Foods coming up. We've got a few comedians around at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We're all going to go see the new Fantastic Four movie and do a live commentary. So we're going to record it, upload it for you guys, and we'll have a lot of fun. And that's the end of Film Foods. See you next week. Index week, deeply more numbered. We came, we saw, we kicked it down.